Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Right. All right. So good to see you, man. Good to see you. Thanks for coming. This is like thanks for having me, man. My dream podcast. <laughs> this is Ehud's dream podcast. All right. I think here. I told you that when I opened up for you on New Year's, I was like, "Yeah, Ehud keeps always like, let's come on, cooked. let's get let's coke, get let's get yeah. coke." I've been watching. I've been watching. You know, since since you started, so I was like, I gotta get on this. Yeah, I'm, we're happy yeah. to have. Congratulations you, man. on it. You know, it's thank really, you. It's really cool episode 104 <laughs> finally this is like yeah this is where we start to rise right, right here i just started i just got a suit i got suits for it that's amazing yeah i'm starting to dress up yep that's I my like new thing but but keeping these those toes those are those are happening <laughs> good run on the beach yeah yeah that's for the runs on the beach for sure so what um yeah i started running on these on the pavement and then i kind of did injure my achilles Ooh. So I started running in normal running shoes. Yeah. I was really like representing these for a long time. They always say that the the feet it's the best thing to run barefoot or something. Yeah, Be the idea of it is really sound because yeah. then you protect your knees and your hips. Right. Because you run more gazelle like. Yeah. You know, so you're not like clonk, on your clonk, toes. Clonk. Yeah. Yeah, and because yeah. that if you like you have big I'd say like, like that or something. Right. If yeah. you have big pillows, then you like don't know that you're doing this. Yep. yep. <laughs> and so then your knees get jacked up. That's the idea. I, I still run with them, but. So you um. What was the uh, the inspiration of the Fear Heights song? Learning to fly was scared of heights. You're scared of heights. Sorry, it was just kind of overcoming. You know, realizing that a lot of things are motivated out of fear, and not trying to continue to be motivated by that um, in general in life. And I mm. think you know a lot of people um, look at 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 life is like something to to their motivation is that you know uh, what i won't have instead of ch trying to look at what i possibly could have you know right yeah spiritually you know financially all these other things you know personally yeah yeah you've manifested a hell of a lot uh, like i was when i opened up for you in philly i was like uh I don't know. Just New your, Year's, right? Yeah, your whole operation was like, I don't know, so sound and enviable to me. Something oh, I aspire you, to, actually. Thank you. And you do it without a manager, too, which I was kind of like. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird on this level, with the level I'm at, which is like kind of clubs, bigger clubs and smaller theaters. Uh, it's It's kind of managers kind of have multiple artists and i think that right it's always been kind of difficult to find um kind of that person that that understands kind of the whole picture now not with not with like international and i'm not on a major so there's there's right. not anybody necessarily to talk to that might be um you know that they have to talk to there's not like Oh, we have to get this out in Sweden and have somebody talk about that. It's kind of like yeah, <clears throat> but I I think it manage great managers are like you know 
very hard to come by and uh and i think it takes a real connection between the artist and the manager uh, you know i don't fault management i think that's like that's the thing the uh, artist has to also kind of fit well with the manager and kind of have a, a some kind of you know plan <laughs> but it takes a lot of organization to do it all on your own right well i think you have you have aspects of it that that kind of run you know like a tour manager does a lot of kind of the logistical things that happen on the road mm -hmm. um you're the so you have a tour manager yeah like and then and then you'll have somebody that that kind of like the sound person that helps with the production side mm -hmm. so that's kind of covered and then i have an agent that books the shows and works out a show with the promoter and right and then you know you have kind of your personal logistics and i haven't ever had a hard time kind of like getting on a plane or getting in a taxi kind of thing or right. you know just so i think it it, it i think with management at the, at the level that i'm doing it's it's kind of like I kind of ran into a situation where somebody, well, he's making this amount of money on touring, you know, that'll, that'll, you know, substantiate. And I think I just kind of would rather hire somebody that was kind of on a personal level that, that I could, um, be my day to day person essentially. Right. Oh, do you have one of those? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you got like an assistant sort of thing. Yeah. It's more than assistant. It's kind of assistant assi plus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, cause She's pretty much intricately involved in and a lot of the stuff that I do, even with the record stuff. And right, she didn't even come from the music side. I just felt her; she had a pretty strong vibe. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was just listening to a podcast with you on on the way over here, and like the that guy that you hired his brother as your chef when he was twenty years old, <laughs> sight unseen, because he gave you a bag of weed. <laughs> Well, I don't remember the bag of weed thing. I just knew, about right. <laughs> I just knew that Simon actually probably wouldn't. He wouldn't be the type of person to say, "Oh, this guy, you know, vouch mm -hmm. for his younger brother if he wasn't, yeah. you know, somebody good." And I had somebody that was a chef before that who had worked in in different capacities yeah. for different like big artists. So he was going to kind of train him. So I, there was going to be a little padding for it as far as like. But, but 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 oh so you had like a little bit of a safety yeah i mean i think that alex was um who was is a chef he's actually a sh like the head chef at a major restaurant in los angeles now yeah but he was young and he was like you know kind of baptism by fire and you know you gotta cook lunch and dinner for a bunch of people go shopping and it was cool i think it just gotten to a point where everybody was eating pizza and and mm. uh wings right <laughs> and you needed and, something and more. i just wanted to kind of like provide for everybody a, a kind of more stable you know nutritional kind of thing going out there mm. and it worked out well because everyone got along with everybody and we were able to give the venues some of the people working at the venues a nice plate of food and stuff like that so that's cool yeah i mean i Man, don't i don't have him anymore so i lost <laughs> yeah i lost another good one but you always love to see like somebody go up and do great things especially yeah you hooked him up like especially like yeah that's good karma i'm on a fast right now i'm on the third day of a like mostly water fast that's you know? good 
Yeah, so I'm just cleansing, but talking about food, it's just like, oh my god. Yeah, the first three days are the hardest. Yeah, well, I'm I'm done after today. I'm. Oh, I, you're just doing three. That's just three. Yeah, just. Oh, a, you went through the hard part. A you reset. Got... <laughs> you think I should keep going? <laughs> well, you just did one like like how four months ago. Four months ago. I like to do it like every few months. So how long was the one four months? I think ago? it was three days, maybe more. Maybe oh, it was okay. four days. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't even remember. Right. Right. Is it but, just liquid? Well, it's it's no calories, so autophagy kicks in, and then autophagy is when your body starts eating away old debris, like your old dead cells. Right. And um, then after a day and a half, massive stem cell reproduction starts happening. So you just kind of like it resets your immune system, and it's just like, you know, I can even see it in my skin. You know, it just like makes you kind of like rejuvenates. So it's coffee in or out? That was where I was. Coffee's, Coffee's fine. In. Oh, I, I like have a black coffee, coffee tea. in the and tea is fine. Uh, uh, you know, but I'm gonna have some bone broth at 3 a.m. Ah, that's a good. I got. Baker. Some, I went to Brado. Yeah, got some of those frozen ones. Yep, yep. There's yeah. a spot over there on the in the West Village. Is that is that Brado? Mm-hmm. They have them all over the place in New York. Yeah. All right, because there's a good spot over there. So you go with your instincts, like with the chef and like uh, with the vibe of your manager-ish assistant type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's I, I haven't always been good at that, but when when it when I kind of left it to somebody else to hire somebody, then it gets kind of weird, mm -hmm. you know, as far as like not knowing. But but we've had a, been lucky to have a lot of good people around, you know. Yeah. We've lost a lot of people now because of of you know they some people went on to do other things because there hasn't been any shows so. it's crazy yeah, isn't it yeah yeah you recently resumed i saw you were doing outdoor shows in oh, the, yeah, in yeah. The northeast that looked really interesting yeah i did like seven shows at this place called levitate backyard now it's like a mini stubs it's like usually like stubs 400 barbecue. capacity yeah but it's like or 300 and and they just made it like 100 so it was it was i just wanted to see what was out there and i did a couple drive-in shows what'd you think it, it was pretty it was different weird you know it was it was you know there was like really some good things that happened for it because you start to realize you're not necessarily you get back to realizing that it's not you're not you're performing for people it's like you're you're, you're kind of trying to get on that energy wave of just mm -hmm. playing music right you know <laughs> yeah and it's like it's about you and not it, about that yeah it's it's something you know when you start and then it's like then you have that you know when you feel like a, a crowd of people there to see you you have maybe a different expectation of how to perform i don't know how maybe that's just the way i i looked at it but right. then it's just like all right well I, you know i'm not gonna there's only so much energy you can get from people that are sequestered in a and kind of a yeah centered around so but i saw like even and uh when i opened up for you in philly you were doing like for like special like you know like extra bonus ticket or whatever like right. like somebody could see some sound check songs or you did a couple was it kind of like that more like a sound check song type of shit or was it yeah it might have been but there was there there was there was an element maybe of people that just wanted to go out and then there was people that like real fans or whatever. So I think there's people that that might just 
kind of be in the mood to do something that night. Yeah, you know, did so, they honk when when you were done with? Yeah, the on the drive ins they honked. Yeah, they yeah. did the honking thing. <laughs> and did I, you, did I you used start... to hate getting honked at, so yeah. I was like, okay, I got to change this around. Uh, yeah, did it change? <laughs> like by the third song, were you like listening for more honks? Yeah, like, I was like, you know, like... I, I said, I said, you why don't guys you guys in the back haven't honked yet? <laughs> I said, why don't you Morris code me? Uh, what song you want to hear? Did you say that? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> So what you were saying about the the new song, uh, scared 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 of heights, scared of heights, and how like people focus like because when, when I was listening to it, I was interpreting it just thinking about the things I'm afraid to do that I'm gonna do that I'm right. starting to manifest that I'm yeah. pushing myself towards doing right. Um, and you were saying how it was really about like people who like are fear based. Versus people who are sort of like looking forward to what they want to manifest. Right. What do you do to get yourself in that space of, of manifesting? And like, do you consciously do stuff or did you just gravitate towards being a manifester? I, I mean, I, I think that there's like so many things that have held me back from manifesting. Me too. So it's like, I think that that was just recognizing in that instance about that song is that that. When I was like, oh, wow, that's that's based on something that's not necessarily kind of the most positive thing. Mm. Uh, if you're if you're because I, I started looking at like what motivates you and why. Right. And I think that like is a is 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 kind of, and I kind of late to that. I wish I would when I was when I was kind of going through the major label system i wish i had the capacity to kind of like think of it like that and I, you know i think there's mm. people that have done really well at that and done that really well but um for the most part uh i guess i guess saying you know even something is is stopping something that you might think is a, a detriment to you you know right. if it's an alcohol or whatever your vice is yeah. and then it's like was well, that enough to motivate you know why why do you do that and then you get to that why and then it's like all right was well, that enough to motivate you enough to you know yeah. fuck your life up over it you know right. and and then and then it kind of makes a little bit more sense so it was um scared of heights was kind of just like i just like the analogy of like learning to fly when you're scared of heights because like, like having to having to fly but you'd be scared of heights to do it right you know? and i think it's it, it kind of made sense for you know just moving forward yeah because everything you do that you haven't done yet is going to be there's going to be fear around it right you know but then like you you overcome it and you and it's momentum based yeah and why do you have that fear and what that fear comes from and what is it like where 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 did it come from i think you know a lot of the country even now is motivated in fear you know so yeah. it's been for a long time i think probably you know the i always say that you know one of the biggest factors in 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 kind of race relations is fear you know right. and i think that that's been kind of prevalent in our society since that's been so important yeah how do you overcome your fear i i tend to go to the shit that i'm scared of which is really fucked up 
because mm. <laughs> I used to hate going on stage. I never thought like performing that wasn't my thing. I kind of wanted to write songs and produce, mm -hmm. but and 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 then I was like, well, who's gonna do these songs? Because they they turned out to be kind of like unique personally, Personal. and yeah, and it wasn't like something that would kind of like oh, I could give that to so-and-so, or and I didn't know so-and-so, so, -and -so, so. Mm. <laughs> right. I was like, I'm the artist. <laughs> yeah. When when did you start? How long, how how old were you? I started writing poetry in my late teens, and then, but I, I thought it was like, the words were good, you know, I just put something out, I was like, oh, where'd that come from? And, it flowed right away. Yeah, and I started playing like guitar when I was 13 or whatever, but I didn't play it. I tried to play other people's songs that I didn't understand, like just even sitting alone that doing something really basic was actually okay. Right. Because you know, I felt like, oh, oh, this guy knows how to play yeah. brown sugar. and <laughs> I used to Stairway. make myself have to play jazz fusion Yeah, for that same reason. <laughs> so I'm like, this, you know, this, this, this guy knows everything. I, I guess I'm not that good at it. Then I started putting kind of some of those. I got a drum machine because I was really into like when hip hop came out. Mm -hmm. And I listened to a lot of go-go music from D.C. So I was like really into drummers and drums and it was like let me let me get a drum machine and and kind of learn with a four track and a drum machine and started doing a little bit of sampling and stuff and then kind of learned how to structure a song that way because i didn't understand it was such a mystery music was to me i was like how'd they do that right you know listening to like a willie mitchell instrumental record and being like fuck you know right how does that come together where'd you grow up I grew up in D.C. Okay. Yeah. And any siblings or? I uh, grew up with a sister and I had uh, really five sisters, but not all together living at the same time. Mm. So, um, but was lived with three of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do they, are they artists or were you the only one? I was the only probably no actually they're all artistic mm -hmm. i don't think that they they realize that you know i think sometimes you, you go for maybe something else in life mm. um fear even again. even though you have something special i think like uh my my two sisters were really my half sisters but my sisters uh their father was really really my stepfather was really like my father but um was very artistic well, what did he do and he was a he started when i was being raised he was a defense attorney okay public defender and um so we worked for the public defender service in dc and my mother was like freelance photographer so there was like oh, art around, cool. but he was a great photographer great drawer and all this stuff so he, he had that creative spark yeah, yeah. and do do they does your family support what you do and encourage it or was it something you had to kind of rebel to do or I think it was something that I don't think anyone really wants to I mean I I think they were supportive I guess um I don't when you're doing that you're kind of on your own mm -hmm. and it's not really like a thing where like 
hey, you know, <laughs> parents like your music or come to your, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just the whole kind of like you got to be like a hermit and go in woodshed and come out kind of like a little bit on the other side for people to see. Sometimes, I mean, I've I've seen situations where people have been very supportive of it. Yeah. And, and but it wasn't ever a thing of like, oh, you know, I love, I, I love the, the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you're doing up in the bedroom, clamor, clamping around or whatever. Well, no, but when there's it, support and there's, oh, go to college, get a job, why are you doing this kind of Did you of do that? What, what, when did it click that you wanted to do this? I, I was in, I, I didn't go to college out of high school. I used to buy and sell tickets to concerts and sporting events. It's what I did when I was in my teens in D.C. So mm-hmm. it was like I used to like go and sneak into the Redskins games and stuff like that. And 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 then I started seeing that there were tickets how'd out you, there. How'd you get into that? Just... I just I was a big Redskins fan, and uh-huh. it was impossible to get in the Redskins games. What do you think of them changing their name? <laughs> I real think quick? it's great. <laughs> <laughs> But they could have picked a better name. Well, I mean, I, I think. What are they called now? Football team. Football team. I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm not mad at the Washington Football Club. Okay. It's just, I football can't. club. Football that's, club. That's one up from team. It's called the Washington Copes. Yeah, right. that would be better. I thought they would. They should call them the, you know, the Martin Luther King's MLK or something because I think it had a significance. That's a nice mm. ring to it you too. You know, to what the, you know, that him. You know him doing the speech and everything. There. Was that on the Was that on the cards for a second? No, or you just came up with that. I just came up with it. <laughs> that's a pretty good idea. That's that's like what I would name him if I would have the Martin like, Luther you, King. You need to give them a call. <laughs> that's kind of genius, man. I mean, it would be great. It, it would it be fits, great. You know, I would love that. Yeah, I would be like, wow. You need that to would be trademark like... that quickly. <laughs> It's a great well, name. Well, I think it's I think it's trademarked by the King family. Yeah, I think they I think they beat him to it. But then everyone would call it the Kings. That's a great name. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's a good idea. But I think then they would get a lot of money, so that would be good. I think that's a great idea. Well, listen, I think that that's a temporary name they have, so I actually don't think this is too late. Like, I, I think that's a temporary name right now. Yeah, I think they need to go and do that. I think you should. <laughs> I think uh, you should try to push that forward. Let's that man, would be. Let's manifest it. That would be something to manifest. Yeah, let's manifest Let's that. manifest that. Yeah. The Martin Luther Kings. Yeah. And then I, well. Scalping's maybe, a big business. Can, Why can, did you leave it? You know what? I, I It's kind of funny because I was outside. There were, there were like. It was always good, and I felt like it was something that I I could I could always lean back on it. So I kind of like kind of stopped doing it, except for certain events, mm. and then. But it was great because I could go do it from like four to eight or whatever on a, a week or weekend, and then like Saturdays there'd be games or whatever Sundays. But then I would come back and play my guitar, you know, mm. write songs. I had that, you know ability to make a little bit of cash and then not have to have a nine to five which i thought was pretty cool Um, and then but i but there were a couple times like i think i was outside um and i and i was in a band for a while where that we were touring and but it was never like enough to sustain not to stop doing that and so that's where two hundred thousand came from, too, right? Was it, you- yeah, there was a ticket scalper named George that I asked him one time, like how 
how much money he'd ever had and right. it was like two hundred thousand and you know, <laughs> it's dope and counterfeit fifty dollar bills yeah and george had like he passed away and i had written written you know he like walked in front of a car in front of camden yards at baltimore it's like the first season of baltimore and it was just it was enormous and everyone was making money he was probably just couldn't you know but he'd had some you know substance abuse problems and but uh yeah he 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 was kind of like a what comes around goes around story with george Mm. so karma well, he he just he was just like one of those guys that he'd be like, yeah, these are two and two together, you know, fifty yard line, yeah. and they'd be like two separate. <laughs> like he'd make he'd make the name bad. Like he's probably why they call people scalpers. But like for the most part, people like really you you're providing a service for people. So it was like a lot of times t- shows weren't sold out. Yeah. So you buy a ticket for five bucks. It was twenty five bucks, and you'd sell it for like fifteen or ten or or twenty, whatever below the real face value. So mm-hmm. you'd just be making your money in the confines of what you bought it for. So it wasn't like you know they have this idea that everything's like sold out, and people like have to sell the ticket above the price. It's just kind of like buying from fans that had extra tickets, and mm-hmm. you know that whole thing has changed now with the internet. So. Yes, I love the way you write songs and your lyrics and the way you do these, you know, this sort of character. They're like movies, too, sometimes. And they have like a street quality to them that's authentic and really amazing. And your own, you know. Right. How did you... And I, and when I, we first met each other, we did that thing at the bottom line. The yeah, fucking, uh, yeah. Rest the in first peace, time I line. saw I saw you two together, I was at that show. Yeah. Susan Vega... Uh-huh. And it was the guy that wrote, wrote uh, all those a, a songs. Wimbo Way or something like that. He wrote all those songs for uh, Harry Belafonte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name. I was like, this dude is good. Thinking of you. Oh, like, cool, and man. then and I remember you talking about loving Randy Newman, which I was like, <laughs> that was also like, huh? That didn't. Yeah. That seemed like I get it because Randy Newman's genius yeah, too. Yeah, but uh, that's interesting. How'd you develop your like song writing ability and and uh, who are some of your main influences? I think I think I just had kind of I mean songwriting was different than kind of like the musical side because I just kind of I mean I loved the idea of like production and records so it's just like I loved um, a friend of mine turned me on to Willie Mitchell who produced uh, Al Green's records mm. and then like um, you know obviously. You know John Lennon, Bob Marley, the Beatles record. You know, kind of like you know when hip hop came out, uh, Outkast rec- first records, and 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 Tribe Called Quest, and pretty much the genesis of when hip hop was going on. I was listening to a lot of go go music too. Chuck Brown from D.C. was like a big influence on me. So it, it and then you know Randy was just something. Randy Newman was just somebody that my mother had the record, and I was like older and i heard a song in a in a movie and i was like oh fuck i forgot it. i used to listen to that record and i just kind of revisited and the compositions were so great mm. the songwriting was what about lyrics though like where do you come up with those like where do you come up with those lyrics just freaking happen you right know? it's just a weird <laughs> fucking thing it's just like i don't really uh and you know i don't write them as poetry or anything it just like happens when i'm strumming a guitar uh-huh. and it's just it's it's kind of a weird thing 
Yeah. And the kind of emotion that goes with that. And they kind of build on, every song builds on the other one, you know. Yeah. It's just kind of. <laughs> yeah. what what is what? it true stories like randy the, like, the woman who called you randy yeah there was like a stay. woman that used to come up to me and she'd be like randy where you been like <laughs> i'm like am That's i a living a song i'm like am i living a double life here you know and and you know she's kind of like street woman kind of like derelict and and i'm like <laughs> where you been you know <laughs> randy where you been i miss you so much and <laughs> Walking down the street with my girl one time at the time, and she's like, uh, "Who is that woman?" So yeah, that was kind of a, and, and you know, just I guess the songs always have kind of s s me in them, like a character kind of. You know, I, I wrote the song called Pablo Picasso, and it was like this kind of like vision of a homeless guy, kind of outside of a. a a mural that he had to leave and you know he he thought that that was his girl but his life was like you know to him he felt like he was you know living the life you know mm. and then mural came down but wow it, that's awesome yeah and it, it, it just kind of it you know he's like you know a woman that i love is 40 feet tall she's a movie star she's all in the papers and everywhere I go, people hand me quarters and they pat me on the back and treat me like I'm famous, you know. So, like that's a genius it, concept <laughs> for a song, dude. Yeah. So it just it, it, and that's just a weird thing. Just I was fucking with the the rhythm and that that came out. Yeah. But and then, so so, but you know, somebody said, "Oh, I was making fun of like people with delusions," or I was like, you know, I think. I was thinking that. about myself, you know, it's like more so than anything because we all have delusions and some. That's the capacity. opposite of making fun of that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's to me, the centering into the empathy or like you're empathetic to that right, character, right. to that person. Yeah, I think right when it came out, you know, one of the first reviews are like, oh, he's, mm -hmm. you know, people making fun of people with mental Jealous. health. That's some hater <laughs> shit right there. That's bullshit. <laughs> it never dude. crossed my mind. That's bullshit. Come on. <laughs> Give me a break with that. So when did, like, when did it strike you? Like, when was the first moment where you're like, holy shit, I'm really pretty fucking good at this? Excuse my language. I think I was right, like, after I started doing the drum machine and stuff like that kind of uh -huh. stuff. I start. I just like put that down and started um, strumming my guitar, and I wrote a couple songs. I wrote two hundred thousand, and then I wrote this song called Shotgun. That was one of your first ones. Yeah. Damn. Well, I mean, it was one of the first ones that I f like of this new kind of like no samples, no drum machines, kind of just me and a guitar. Right. And 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 that, um, I wrote the Shotgun song, and I felt like just just the goosebumps and the tears and i was uh, like wow that's pretty authentic that's and when, when you do the acoustic thing though you kept that hip-hop energy something about yeah. the way you're a singer songwriter that has that hip-hop energy and it's <laughs> not fake right right and the delivery. I, mean, I, just, I just love yeah i guess delivery I, it's I just, in your I, tonality i always thought it was imp it would be cool to have just you know kind of like just underground themes kind of mm -hmm. but set in something that that could that had like you know a chorus and a verse and stuff like that right but it's unique thank you man definitely man. <laughs> so that you, first bro. album was major label 
the first record I I, I Citizen did, Cope. Yeah, that was that was. But I I'd written two hundred thousand. I got signed to Capital. Based deliver, on that song. That and a song called Family that never came out, and another thing that I demoed and. Then it turned out that uh, they didn't want the record. They passed on it and kind of dropped me. Why? They, I don't know. I think they were just looking for something, and I was like, I think I gave it to them. And, and, and in retrospect, probably I didn't complete the out. Like, I think the demos I made were a little bit better than that. The, what I delivered. Isn't that to, the way sometimes it goes, man? Yeah. It's like, and it's so weird that I just kind of like didn't listen to my... Because I was like, oh, well, now I can go with a, at a bigger studio. Yeah. Did you have out, a producer? Yeah, like I didn't have a producer when I made my demos. Right. So it was like... And it was at the time where there's so many records being made, it was like more like, a you know, all respect to Tim who was working on that. Tim Latham who worked on that was more like a real sonic guy you know mm-hmm. and and um so i just don't think that the record was fulfilled but i think if you know going back to one of those things i probably should have been a little bit more um of an ambassador at that time or you know as far as dealing with how they reacted to it because i was like oh man you don't hear this and you know oh, you mean like yeah been like playing yeah playing along a little playing bit along more. a little bit and i've had i have similar regrets about that in yeah the early days like i was just like yeah i think about it sometimes like things i said no to things that came my way right that i was like nope i'm sticking to my guns <laughs> and now i think like damn dude that was stupid that was stupid <laughs> <laughs> you know? i got a couple of those too yeah <laughs> but it's like you know we're you know we're still at we're still getting after it hell yeah so i mean you learn from those all mistakes you make and it's mm-hmm. like i found that all the different shit is just really about personal growth all this shit is you know yeah. you think it's about one thing and it's really just like the challenges that come with that is how you're going to deal with them and your relationship with that challenge or that struggle. It's like not really that struggle. So if you look at it like, you know, and that's just some new shit, like, I'm like, fuck. It wasn't the problem that I had that. It's how I dealt with that. Right. When I didn't feel like I had a single, I had to, you know, how I dealt with that scenario. Right. And, and, not the fact that it came up, and that was just just probably a test. Yeah, have you always been this kind of deep thinker in terms of that, in terms of life, or is that something that's kind of come with age? I think it's come with age. I think I had obviously we all have it within us, so it's something that we all kind of were born with, and then you know it gets shut off at some point. I guess through whatever personal or whatever you're dealing with in life. Um, Mm -hmm. kind of however your life is set up to be, you know, as far as like what's happened in your life, what experiences you have. And then we're kind of taught, oh, we have to do this or that or that, whatever it is to kind of conform. And then, you know, it seems like the conformity never has much to do with like inner peace or something sacred or something like what everyone is trying to achieve. It's it's always like the, the, the 
control. Yeah, and, like and the job, the fitting you into a box. Yeah, you know, whatever you do for a living, what you, you know, what what achievements you have, where your kids are going to school, where you went to school and or whatever whatever it is, how much money you make. Whatever all those things that are that that we're kind of like thrown into the capitalist system, so it's like you never know where that's going. Right. Yeah. How much how much have you changed do you think during this whole last few months of like this weird new world we found ourselves in? I don't know, man. I, I I'm like I just I'm it, it just keeps on surprising me cuz right. it, it it it's more like this this whole thing you never expected music to be in a situation where it is right now and over the years all these people are like oh it's about touring and merch and touring and merch and then it's just like okay well uh-huh. you gave everything away except the touring and merch mm-hmm. and then now what are you guys prepared what did you guys do to prepare for this mm-hmm. and it's just just not a good business thing live streams yeah mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. but it's it's not there's there's no excuse for the fact that they just kind of let everything get taken. Right. And then there's no answer. So I think my thing is like just being like, okay, well, there's no answers right now. And everyone has the same thing. Oh, when they get the, when they get the vaccine and right. it's like, oh, you know, next year or whatever, it just seems like a, another thing where the artist is going to get kind of put into a, 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 you know, another excuse to kind of get more from the artist. Yeah, and not to be on the negative side, but I think it's just like it's wild. I think that economically too, I didn't. I expected for this long where people wouldn't have work to to, to be go nuts to be a lot. Yeah, worse. I, I mean, I know people are having a hard time. I know people are going through it, but I, I I was like, people can't. Most of the people don't have a savings account, so it's like, right. how do you fucking get by? Exactly, and and I was surprised that I, I guess they, you know, whoever is pulling the strings economically figured a way, you know, not for there to be some kind of chaos. But. Well, there's no still like you're not allowed to be evicted. I guess still in New York, so I guess once those kind of things start coming unglued, it could be a real mess. I yeah, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. I it's. It's so baffling to me now, and I don't even want to, it's so boring to even talk about it at this point because it's so controversial and so political. Right. And it's so like, and everybody's just like in const or whatever that word is in their space of either mask or no mask or like not seeing both sides of things. And then like, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. posts the new numbers of the CDC saying that it's like, half as deadly as the flu even if you're elderly and then even beyond that if you're and then you know i like repost that to my stories i send it to fucking ehud ehud goes you can't trust the cdc literally well some of those numbers were from march okay but i'm just saying it's like that's what you that's what you face there's no (laughs) you know there's no trust okay who do you trust right so there's no yeah it's just like there's no conversation about it anymore because it's like I think people have made up their minds and are going in the direction they're going right in a way because even when evidence to the contrary comes out it's like 
I don't know. It's like, no, somebody even wrote me like, no, you got to multiply it by a hundred. So it's actually 5.4% death rate. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where you're getting. You got to multiply it by a hundred. But some, you know, maybe everything's may- better when you multiply it by. 100. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but yeah. that's the thing. Your bank it's account, like, exactly. CDC numbers. So like, what, what are your feelings about all that? Like in terms of like, um, do you think we should just open back up or, or what, what's your, and if you don't even want to talk I mean, about it, I, I get I, it because it's controversial. The thing is, is I, I don't have a problem with the controversy. I think that there's been, you know, I've read every what everybody has said, like from the, checked out the David Icke stuff, checked mm-hmm. out what, what our Rob, Rob, is it? Robert F. Kennedy Rob Jr. Jr. Yeah, I like the David Icke stuff is pretty fascinating yeah. too. Yeah, and 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 I I always like to hear what what the different opinions are. So Me it's too. Like, it's like it's like all right, let's. But the fact is, is that we're not being you know even though that might be the case, that's not what 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 the mandate is. They're like, well, you got you have to do. You're not gonna be able to do whatever you did you're not going to be able to move you're not going to mass gatherings and all these other things Mm -hmm. and i think there's there's definitely one of the things david ike was saying where it was like they're trying to get rid of people that are kind of work for themselves and have their own thing you know Mm -hmm. and you know artists and creators that are not part of the corporate america right and 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 i was like well damn sounds right it pretty much (laughs) did that you know it it's 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 but I think there's there's I think when this this stuff happens, people are gonna learn to innovate. I think there the the difference between the everyone's different opinions is that it it it's just kind of more for people to argue about and get engaged about when actually there's there's like what will we do if that was the case? It's like we're having a hard enough time just figuring out like. You can't just throw somebody in this in in on the Supreme Court in a month, or or just rush. You know, we're having hard times like figuring out who's gonna if the voting is gonna go down. So it's like right. how that's gonna go down. So that's the like, biggest. Concern, how will we find out if? How will we find out if this was man made and if it was like how would we? What will we do? And what difference does it even make? Right. <laughs> in a way. It's like, I, I, you know, that's the, I don't yeah, know. Like, I, I think the politics shit has just gotten so crazy because it's divided everybody and then yeah. everyone's divided in the two. Yeah. And then everyone's got that's their what own. I told you. Well, it's, it's all a, political. Did, did you ever hear Tim Dillon, that comedian? He's got a podcast. I was just the listening. Tim Dillon show. I was just listening to it today. And he had, he it was great what he was saying because he was like, it's like the people that are anti-conspiracy won't even like humor any of the conspiracies like right. and so there it creates this massive division like right. where it's like it or it's like even ones that are like you know like jfk nope nothing to see here or right. like or the, right. or you know 9-11 or anything it's just like it's this hard line in the sand yeah he said it better than i can reiterate it but it was it was it was cool because it seemed like he was trying to like talk sense to the whole situation like not everybody that's not black and white there's yeah. shades of gray all in the middle you like, know yeah. kind of thing <laughs> it know? really is and there's yeah. people that like like i think that something happened in the kennedy assassination but there's people that i know and i trust mm-hmm. and 
and I feel like they're level headed to just think it happened. Right. Or Jeffrey <laughs> Epstein. I mean, yeah. that was the big one, like Je Jeffrey Epstein or, you right, know, right. it's like, that's kind of an undeniable one. It's kind of like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's a bit undeniable, that one. Oh, when he got killed. Well, yeah. yeah or killed kill, himself. Or killed yeah. himself. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of people that end up, you know, quote, dying in jail. Right. Killing themselves in jail. Um, in that case, you know, he knew a lot. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you know, but there's people that, that they were like, no, he, he died. Right. And so I think there's some, there's a group of people that don't want to go down that, mm. that kind of thing. They don't want. Yeah. To, they don't want any, it's like a mainstream media narrative is what they listen to. And anything right. outside of that, it just freaks them out. Right. And, it, and, you know, it, it's interesting and, or like, or science is a rap. But right. science is question everything. That's the that's the essence of science is yeah. to question everything. Right. Like right. that is science. <laughs> you know, not not to say everything's a wrap and we understand everything. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was just in Target the other day and it said uh, due to the coin shortage, we you know saw that there was sign. like was coin like, shortage <laughs> signs at Target well, and it's like what and I took a picture of it and I almost like was gonna post like. Uh, it, this isn't suspicious, is it? Like, it's like, what the fuck's a coin shortage for? Yeah, I got like, what, plenty of coins in my out pocket. Of, they're running out of metal. It's like, give me a break. It's like they're trying to implement a cashless society yeah. so that they can implement more control. It means that if there's no coins, there's no, there's going to be no change. <laughs> yeah, get rid of that penny. There's no way to flip a coin anymore. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's just you know, it's that's that's the David Icke thing where he talks about like you know getting the cashless society going so then that way if you like deny the vaccine or you don't want to get the vaccine then they can like you know your card declines everywhere and you're shit out of luck yeah there's a lot of people i mean they're already starting to do the, it's mostly cashless i think in a lot of different countries mm -hmm. i think china pretty has you know a lot less cash i think a lot of the transactions that they have are on um one of the apps have you written any tunes about this kind of because i'm you you are like into this sort of thought space right has it come into your songs well, i think i think pretty much i mean i think that that all that just the knowledge that you have comes into everything that you write yeah i think all that you know i don't i don't know if i write so pointed to be like all right this is just about this hopefully i use it as an analogy for something else mm -hmm. so um you know i i do, i i think that the history that we've had in this country probably is you know it was designed you know i think there was a design for it i mean just the sense that it was broken off by a group of people that wanted to start a new society and so the you know wherever that that lands and and i think there are probably you know there was this you know there's 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 you know a group of people i don't know who they are like i know there's different segments of people who think they are but there's a group of people that they kind of run shit the elite you mean oh yeah i mean but, the, but beyond that i mean i don't even think it's like oh that person is this group or that whatever the name for it is and i don't even, you know i'm just i i do think 
I think it's more than just elite. I think there there's there is you know there is there are things going on that that we don't know about. And I think that seems pretty obvious lately. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I think sometimes when people lose sight when they have a lot of money, so it it's kind of hard to you know, you got to empathize with their situation because it's just like, you know, you've kind of lost sight of, mm-hmm. of what the big picture is. I think it, it gets, it gets, it gets a little scary right now when, when, when you can't make any kind of changes because of, because of economic reasons, you know, mm. whether it be why we can't figure out how to use energy or, or trains or all the education system. There seems like they're, they're that are just basically kind of that we should have figured that out. We should have figured out the education thing, right? <laughs> you talking like, remote learning? I mean, we should have figured out like how to educate our children, yeah. how to pay our teachers, how to like right, make but- school something like actually beneficial to all the different ways that people learn. Unless the motivation wasn't to actually. Have, yeah, to have an unless, uneducated society. Unless the motivation is to indoctrinate. Right. Then it makes perfect sense. And exactly. It's, and it's working really well. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to ask no, something it. that you brought up. And this is for both of you as artists. I feel like what you said where you the artist gave everything away and yeah. signed, gave away the music and like, okay, it's touring and merch. Right. And that went away now. It's there was that thing that Live Nation posted um, after a while when they would come back, they would charge artists more, pay artists less, not offer guarantees. Didn't isn't it like a unique situation where artists can sort of fight back now to take that back and like rewrite the rules with Live Nation and the touring deals and the and the and the music because there's this whole halt that created this unique situation to maybe not go back to being used and abused by the big concert promoters and the big companies and take right. take the power back. Well, here's here's what I feel about that um is I think the music system has an ecosystem, the music industry's ecosystem between uh is it doesn't work together. So it's like the artists have their own ecosystem, managers, promoters and record companies kind of work a little bit better oh. together mm. and so so there's not they don't want to mess up that in 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 you know fear of the that the artist just for the artist because they look at artists as a five-year plan you know it either going to blow up and they're going to do well and make their most the majority of their money in five years or um it's it's like they're not and so, like, a manager can go on to get another artist and a label can do the same thing and the promoter doesn't have any. So I think there's there there just is that there's something that's not happening right. And I don't think artists, like, just have not come together. It's just a weird thing, I mm. think, because and also the way it happens when you're doing well in that system, you're not really crying foul. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like when you've been kind of when when the checks come in and and they're not what they were supposed to be for that then they're like oh okay 
you know, and, and, and really, you know, you're young when you sign away your life. It's just pretty much what you do when you sign a record label and you're broke most likely. And most likely you come from some weird fucking fucked up shit. Yeah. So it's like personally, socially, culturally or whatever it is that you've been struggling with. It's like, you know, it's not the most group of, of kind of like, you know, we're not the group of like, you know, psychologically sound group and not saying that like we're <laughs> that's crazy. real true that's yeah. real but true it's, it's it, it, it you know you got people that are wanting to say something for a reason and they're putting themselves out there for a reason i think um you know if you look down the lot, list of people and like why we have the struggles that we have with 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 you know all the problems we have with financially with Finding family with, <laughs> with with. You Are know, you reading my mail? No, I'm just <laughs> drugs or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's, I do. It's, really, it's, it's I know like, what you're saying. And I, you know, sometimes I hear about guys that you know OD'd or passed away, and I didn't even know their music. But it just kind of like always kind of makes me a little upset about the shit, or if they killed themselves or something yeah. like that. Because it's like, even if I wasn't personally involved, it's like, man, fuck, you know, mm. you know what you know what that is and people know that shit my friend donnie graves called me up the other like a few weeks ago and had said you know i never really listened to all your albums and i like went on a binge and i listened to all your records <laughs> and, he go, and he goes the fact that you didn't kill yourself is a miracle that's all he said <laughs> so it's like that you know and i took it as a compliment yeah. i don't even know how what he meant by it but it's probably because you know you had so much good stuff you know that's what it was yeah yeah, yeah. and uh but it's interesting yeah because there is that thing like nick drake i always think of him he was 26 i guess when he right when he died from an overdose of antidepressants or maybe killed himself or what but i think of him as like one of the most tragic examples obviously there's tons of them hendrix and yeah but hendrix at least he elevated and broke the culture wide open so did nick drake but right. it came later and yeah. nick drake never got to see it and i just think back then it was like if you didn't already make it by the time you were 26 27 right. you, it's a wrap yeah you know but yeah. now it's not like that yeah, I'm, I mean, I've I've heard, you know, things where he did make it, even though Hendrix whatever made it, you know, he's still struggling with with those things that drove him there. You know, I yeah. think one of the things with artists like we use this kind of fuel that drives us, and then at some point that doesn't work anymore. Mm. So it's like we have to kind of like elevate beyond that, or else. You know, you can crash and burn. And what do you use to elevate beyond that? What <sighs> elevates you beyond that? I mean, I, you know, you struggle with that friggin' thing all the time, man. Mm. It's like, you know, you, because like for years I was like the same way, like what your friend was saying about, oh man, fuck, I gave him these four fucking, <laughs> like. I four. gave him four fucking hits on one record, and right. they didn't get one on the fucking joint. Right, and that was like back then when like it really mattered. It mattered. Like it was kind of like you <laughs> had to get this or that, or you're out, or you're fucking gone. Yeah, it wasn't like, hey man, stay around and make three records for us. Right, you know, we'll we'll you know, it was like it, it and people would be real, you know, we, we straight up about it, you know, yeah. and and it, and it wasn't, and it was kind of like when it gets left to that. It gets start people 
you know, there's there's things that, you know, artists are insecure, so that shit comes back to them, and they're like, oh, God, I didn't do this. And it's like later on, you know, you don't have the support. And I think back in the day, like, there were really good music people that gave artists support and were able to kind of, like, take them, help them go somewhere that, that they didn't even expect they could go themselves. And I think that foundation is so important. And I think it kind of like in our era, it was just kind of crumbled. I, I got lucky with that because yeah. I was on Peter Gabriel's label and he yeah. he did mentor me and right. introduced me to a world that I wouldn't have found otherwise. Mm -hmm. I, like and, and an education that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Right. But there was also... You got success in the beginning. I, well, I, you know, I had moments of success. I mean, success is relative. Yeah. But, Completely. You know, so I've had, yeah. I've, I mean, I, you know, it's however you measure success. But I, but oh, there was also, that was also a pro had problems in it. In the, yeah. It wasn't perfect. There was like, you know, because you're going, in that case, I was a, on a label that was on a label. Right. So, right. you know. But there was some, there was a lot of support there, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's that's amazing. I mean, I, I think that was existing. You know, yeah. I, had people, I had some really cool people that were involved. You know, on the creative side as well. But then it, you know, like the marketing promotion part is really when it's like, all right, well, we have to either be really creative here to do that, yeah. or else, you know, we're gonna lose money, and then you get the call. And you're sitting with the president, and it's yeah. like, "Hey, man!" I never got a call. <laughs> what I got was my calls stopped getting returned. Mm -hmm. You know, like, or all of a sudden it was hard to get so and so. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, well, and I think that the reason why we, I think we're both similar in that we both came about this in a very unique way, and we're kind of unique in a right. way that could have hindered it also. Yeah, because it wasn't in. It wasn't like on that category that you had to kind of left the center. Right. And you had to have people around you being like left the center is cool. Right. You know, and like there's been records that they've made left the center records like mainstream. So right. I think that's like, you know, I think, but the bottom line when a major wants you or whatever, they, they want, they want you to sell records. Yeah. And one of the things I always think about with you is how Rita Houston is absolutely loves you. Oh, I love her. Like uh, She loves both you guys. Yeah, but she For a reason. Yeah, she loves you, Joe. She does love shout me. No, shout out you. Rita. No, she, I feel she the love. She really loves you. I know that. <laughs> yeah. But she love loves you. And uh like she's one of these people like very rare gems of a human that Man. like promote like It's you. amazing like I, you know, I recently, I had to write Rita a letter, man, because like I've said it to her many, you know, a couple times, but I was just like, you know, it really made an effect, you know, a positive effect on my life, mm -hmm. and and just to be able to for her to step outside of the bounds and be like, I'm gonna play him, I don't care what the fuck they're doing. She on plays you, man. All the you time. know, and it's like, and and also you hear it from people that have heard the music on her station and it's yeah. like it had meant something to them so it's like wow wild how powerful a dj can be like yeah. just not for my music but for you know for people's music that just gets heard and and helps them through the fucking day yeah you know? it is wild yeah it's but awesome she's 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 one of the best yeah yeah definitely well but she's not wrong like the two of you there, there's something there that you know that warrants 
what she did. Right. I mean, and she just didn't just do it. I mean, your first album, yeah, I thought was amazing. Same with his. Right. And I got to tell one funny story is I first discovered you in 2001. I went to see live at oh Roseland. Oh, my God. You opened? Yeah. He opened. <laughs> I never, and I got there early by accident. Yeah. And he opened, and it was just you and your guitar. Oh, okay. And he blew me the fuck. Oh, it was, like, oh, better than the live show. Thank you. And then I went, and I bought your album, and I loved the album. But then anyone I asked about, do you heard No Citizen Cope? Nobody knew about you. Yeah. And then the first album didn't do that well right. uh, at first. And there used to be this That's very music nice. store. It flopped. <laughs> no, but, they, they, but let me finish the story. There used to be sounds on St. Mark's. Uh -huh, I used to right. go there. They had the dollar bins. And every time I'd go there, your album was there. And That's I where you don't want to see. Like when I would walk right. into a record store like that and see my record but in the hold dollar on, it bin, gets better. I'd be like, damn. It gets better. And then I kept. <laughs> it's like, I got to buy this. Every time, every time I saw the <laughs> album there, look. I would buy it. And I bought at least 25 <laughs> copies of it. And whenever I'd see a friend, I'd give them the album. Like, you got it. There was no downloads there or whatever. I, so I'd give people copies of that album. And you were sort of the underdog because it did take a minute, your second album, your third album, but then you fucking skyrocketed. Yeah, you skyrocketed. And I was like, I told you this guy Ugh. was good. Like, there was something there. And I saw you at the Mercury Lounge, 2002. It was just you on a stool. And next to you, you had your disc player with the beats right, on it. Right, right, And you'd press play, <laughs> oh, and the God. beats would start, yeah. and you'd play guitar, and you sat in the middle of the room. There weren't a lot of people there. <laughs> but, you know the underdog yeah i mean it, it was it was it was crazy because it's wild that you 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 bought that those cds I because did. it was it, at that time when when um i i put that first record out with dreamworks and i'd signed with them and i could have signed with different people but i was like i went with them and did the record and i let the drummer kick was on it and but that wasn't really you know the record. I think sold like fifteen thousand copies or something. I bought twenty five of those, which now would be pretty decent. Which now way. would be, but like for them, it was like fuck. yeah, no, that's a flop so, back then. Yeah, and they were like, so I, I written a couple new songs, and I was like, I wasn't getting the vibe because I I played them "Sun's Gonna Rise" and I played them "Sideways," and I wasn't getting the vibe that they were gonna pick it up. If they I mean, couldn't hear "Sideways," like man. they yeah, they were like, well. <laughs> like, you know, the, some are good songs, but they're just, you know, you know, they're just not marketable. And then I was like, all it's because right. they already made their mind up. Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, and 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 it turned out I I, I had sideways, so I was like, all right, I'm not gonna put that on the first record because if you don't hear that, you guys got problem. If there's love and drummers, <laughs> every so, human like, can hear that one. I was Come like, on, I was like, you guys go, go listen to that. If you don't know his music, go listen to Sideways right now, and then pause the podcast, Even listen let to the Sideways. Drummer kick or contact, <laughs> or this is love. Yeah. No. So we, yeah. So we, I, I had, and I'm, I'm still trying to push the record, whatever, to little, to the triple A format, which you know, whatever, it didn't happen, and then, and. uh and uh, Santana had heard Sideways, and and their company called me and was like, you know, Carlos might want to do this. <laughs> wow! And I was like, fuck! And I you was like, that Carlos was one. Santana? I was one of those calls because it was like, 
First his A&R heard it, and then the president heard it, then Carlos heard it, and he loved it, and Carlos's family loved it. And, like, everyone was trying to get on that record because the previous one, it was, like, sold a gazillion copies. So everybody was writing, and, like, five writers for every song and producers. Like, that shit was done. And Carlos was like, I just want to play guitar on it. And so, you know, went out there, cut the song. I didn't know it was going to be on. It got on the record. And they, when I was at Arista, because that's who did it, they were like, you really want to stay on DreamWorks? You you did a dope record and it never came out. And I was like, I mean, it never really popped off. And I was like, no, I mean, I kind of <laughs> like it here. <laughs> we do it like, do I sign? <laughs> it's like, so I had to ask DreamWorks to get off the label because I was, I, I had a guaranteed second record. Mm. And that was a tough conversation because I really did like Lenny Walker who was there. And, uh, and, so I was, you know. But he let you go. He let me go. I had to give him like a hundred thousand. Damn. For like. And counterfeit fifty dollar bills. No. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you let's hope. Have. Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just off, just off the budget. Wow. It essentially came off the budget of my record with Arista. Right. So I was like, I got in the studio for the Clarence Greenwood recordings and. You know, it wasn't like I couldn't hire, like that was, you couldn't hire an engineer. I was just like, let's have the, I, I just went to the electric lady, cut a real good deal with them, like on a month yeah. to month basis and had the engineer, the house engineer do do the thing. Who Which is out fine. To, who turned out to be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And it was like, um, Stafe really added to it and, and just spent a lot of time making the record and then. There's a studio in DC that I, you know, did those demos at, went back and did a couple more songs. Had an old Harrison board, sounded really good. So I just spent a lot of time on it and was like, mm. let me listen to and follow my first instinct. Mm. And that was like something that I'd kind of lost traction of, you know. So mm. it was that. You got it back. Yeah. And, and, and that record ended up like before the new record came out on an Arista which never came out on Arista because they folded but that's another story that and, happens all the time and then too. Uh, the the CD that CD was going for like 50 bucks on eBay because DreamWorks Wait, the one I used yeah, to buy yeah. oh my god because DreamWorks had taken killing. it off the shelf mm. and nobody so there was enough little buzz about it but there were you know there were no CDs in the store so on eBay it was like going for makes sense that worked in your favor. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So. So what happened after Arista folded them, or did this? Did did you I have a hit with Santana? No, it wasn't a hit. They never did it as a single, and I was allowed to put it on my 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 next record. Right. It's without Carlos, so I you know it was originally without Carlos, so I just used the original right. version, put that record out, and that one was a slow burn too. Yeah. You know that didn't mm -hmm. come off, but then. I started doing this residency in New York, D.C., Philly, and Boston, and you know, managers at the time were like, "This is a little ambitious," and I was like, "But there were clubs, and 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 it kind of like, I, I just felt like I didn't really tour like I should have on the first record. I did some opening slots, but I didn't establish the region as far as like, kind of just doing that small kind of area. Kind of hit them, just kept on coming back, and then. I convinced Arista to let me give the whole CD away. So I was giving the whole album away this whole time. 
Greenwood recording? The Greenwood recording, yeah. And and so that was like the number one thing I could have done because there was kind of like a buzz on the record before it came out because I once that and then Arista closed and then RCA picked it up because they were under Sony and okay and so they were like all right we'll, we'll take it and then I was able to have the record you know there was buzz on the record before it came out that's cool yeah how many records have you put out I think six I was about to be seven and that's the acoustic thing right yeah yeah how's that one going it's good. It's out. I mean, it's done. I guess we're pressing up some vinyl for it right now. Did you release it? No, it's oh. not released yet. So we're going to do some vinyl and then put it out on, you know. On your in, own? In the stream world. On your own label or are you <laughs> with, on a label? We're through Missy. She's oh, do Megaforce? It. Megaforce? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Shout out Missy. <clears throat> Shout out Missy. Nice. So, um. How did the Clapton I, phone call go? Uh, actually, <laughs> he was <laughs> he was too slow. I was damn, dude. <laughs> My friend Scooter worked with Eric on some different stuff. I think he had Clapton had heard Sideways in Ghost Town, and was like, "Hey, I like the guy." And then Scooter was like, "He's really cool. I know him. His whole shit is cool." And then they asked me to do that thing. I'm not a good blues guitar player, so it was kind of Kind of a different thing, but it was. What cool. did you do? Like a blues festival with Eric Clapton? Well, it's all pretty. Crossroads is all like blues artists and yeah. guitar players, pretty much. So, was the did the acoustic thing come by way of like just this whole? Were you already planning on an acoustic album, or did it come from this quarantine shit? I've been trying to do an acoustic record, too, and, and then they fucking never. I'm not like always upset. Like, <laughs> I, I can't do. I, I'm already failing on the one I'm trying to make right now because I'm producing it. I put beats on it. Yeah. G. E. Smith played on it. Shout out G. E. Smith. <laughs> he made, but he like started overdubbing on it, and it was like holy shit. Yeah. It's better with some overdubs. Right. I couldn't deny it. Yep. Yeah. So it messed up my plan of like this is going to be solo acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. Is your solo acoustic? It's solo acoustic. Wow. But it's it's you know, I I fought with that for years and I mm -hmm. had to go back to do songs that was the first record that never came out on Capitol which is called Shotguns. And so I did like six of those songs. Okay. And then like three new ones and then a Randy Newman cover. Nice. So it's 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 really slow. And it has no beats on it, so. <laughs> Do you like it? I like it. Back I, I think there's some really cool songs on it. I, I, I think, you know, it's it's not for the, um, I, I think you got to listen to it and sit with it for a while. So did, where'd you record it? Some of it just in my bathroom with the right. house. Yeah. Kind of an open mic, and then I recorded a couple at, at a studio. Yeah. So. What kind of mic do you have at home? You know, I got this one that it's like a, fuck, I f don't even know the name of it, but it's kind of a new company. Uh, I should have had that fucking name. I might have got one for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. Is it Wonder? I, no, it's, no, it's some, it's, it was actually the drum, drum doctor. I get a lot of drum, like he has a whole bunch of drums in L.A. I know the drum doctor. Not the one here, but there's one in no, LA. No, in LA. Yeah. That's who I used with T-Bone Burnett. That like, dude is bad. He's right? badass. Jim Keltner came in on my session and had the drum doctor. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's the drum so doctor is somebody that comes in for those people who don't know like, yeah. and tunes the like 
sets up the drums like for like heavy hitting drummers and heavy hitting sessions he'll come in set up the drums tune them up make sure it's all like completely intense yeah and then what kind of drum set you want i mean there's a lot of them a lot of sounds are those in those science and and money yeah and sets the mics in certain places no that's the engineer yeah he sets the drums but they tune them right and all this other shit i mean how was it working with Keltner? Incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with, I've gotten, I've been blessed to work with him on several occasions. Well, I, I worked with him on three albums on my, on Come to Where I'm From. And that was just uh, with T-Bone Burnett and uh, in LA. It was just an amazing experience. Yeah. You know, to have that experience. Like, that's when I was, I had Virgin really excited about it at yeah. that point. Yeah. And they were like throwing lots of money that way. And it was like, a trip just to get to experience that you know um carla azar who plays with jack white a lot now she was also on that session but then keltner um came back around and worked on the my fistful of mercy the thing i did with ben harper and danny harrison yeah so he played on that record too wow and then the next solo record I made after that, which was the graduation ceremony, he also played on that. That's Damn. magical. And it's it's pretty magical to play with him. Yeah, man. You can barely yeah. hear him, but I he's there. Can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, you can hear him. Well, it just seems effortless. It's effortless. He's yeah. like, you know, he's doing this thing. It's like sounds like just incredible. And you look into the studio through the window and he's kind of like just like adjusting shit while he's <laughs> you know like while putting a stick down and, but it just sounds like seamless it just has magic to it one of the best man yeah yeah have you ever played with him no i just i mean i listened to a lot of the stuff he played on played a lot of the Lennon stuff yeah had, like the solo Lennon stuff and right um man yeah he's you love Lennon too i love him yeah 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 me too. He was able to to kind of get into that that stratosphere, you know, mm. where whatever that is, just kind of really connect to people. Yeah, yeah. How does it feel to connect to people the way you do? Like when you play in a show, like I, uh, when people are like, you know, the cr- whole like big full house at Electric Factory in Philly yeah. singing sideways. You don't even have to sing; they're right. singing the whole song. I'm just starting to really kind of enjoy it for the first time because, like, I always felt like, oh, man, I got to impress people. And then mm-hmm. all these people are here, you know. I just kind of chill out. You know, that's you said something about what I learned during COVID. I, I think one thing is just I haven't trusted as much as I should be trusting, you know, and and that's also all these words that i thought like they're just kind of cliches and shit like kind of start to make sense now like what (laughs) i I don't know like faith faith yeah like you know love yeah you know uh all these things that that you've heard all your life you know that that kind of you know what they mean but then you're just kind of having a different perspective on it because because but trust is something that, you know, obviously you think trust, you think, okay, 
a million different things you know i trust you okay you're not going to cheat on me or something mm -hmm. right. <laughs> but it's like not or or you know but that's where trust goes instead of being like you know obviously you can cheat on somebody worse than a lot of ways than than fidelity yeah, yeah. so um but i did i i guess maybe having a little bit having a little bit more trust in and and things because I always kind of fought my way in. You know, I felt like I had to fight my way in, yeah. you know, to get to that point. And then it'd be like, all right, well, damn, people like it. Chill the fuck out. It's interesting. <laughs> I, honestly, dude, it's interesting you you bring that up because I, when I was watching you in Philly on New Year's Eve, I was like, you exuded that quality that you're speaking of wanting more of, which is, to me, you exuded effortlessness. Right. It was effort. It just seems totally effortless, and I was kind of envious because that particular gig was a gig where I was kind of off, and also I was opening, so it wasn't really, you yeah, know, yeah. And I was feeling like I put in, you know, sometimes you catch yourself putting too much effort in. Right, it was right. one of those for me. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't totally flank it or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't terrible, but right. it just wasn't me. Like it wasn't me when I'm in that like locked in zone where yeah. it's just like everything i do is gonna be magic you know <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of hard to do that when you're when you're opening a right. show it's That's like true. it's almost like you're going out there like and, you know, fuck that proving yourself thing yeah it gets in the way though because what that does is it engages the ego and then once the ego's on stage with you I mean, the right. ego needs to be on stage with you to a degree but right. once it's too much to a right. degree right then you're fucked. Yeah. Because then the spirit says, okay, I'm dipping. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> and it's really about that fucking spirit. It like, is. It, it's so, it's so weird. Like, yeah. Because you know it when you start and all these things come back around and then you're like, okay, well, that's, that's the soul, the genesis of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if these fucking people are, are texting right now that's right. in the audience or, you know scream something crazy to you or yeah. like whatever it is that that you you kind of tend to lose your focus on or even even the even the song you're like oh i'm not fucking this up you know just yeah. like just take let it take you the crowd is like a dog they can smell fear too Fuck <laughs> oh my god dude <laughs> like when you start getting Relentless. afraid up there forget it oh hell yeah really <laughs> oh yeah dude it's bad yeah what was it's your worst show uh, I've 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 had a few of those. Uh, like what? What do you mean? Worst? Like the crowd that you just felt it was just like fucking a opening up for Ben Folds the whole really? fucking tour. Oh really? It was right when my record came out. Which one? Are we talked about the first one. Yeah, tour. it was right nine eleven. It was actually nine eleven happened while we were on tour. We were actually in D.C. Mm. and uh that audience you know and i had like you say i had the, uh, the disc, the disc <laughs> oh you did the disc yeah. the label the label would, i boot like that show i could send you an the audio the it. label wouldn't you know they were like no you no can't budget. you can't bring a band 
So I'm in a, it's like, and they saw me do that before. Oh, that's pretty cool. Right. And so I'm it like, is pretty cool. It yeah. But it's a, it's a little, on, it's on a, a little school. ahead of its time though. Cause now, <laughs> now that, that would, that. that would fly now. Yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah. then it's like, wait a minute. That's not even a real drummer, yeah. man. Fuck it's not this. even played. <laughs> like, so, so were you getting serious booze or anything like that? Or was it? I was getting harassed by. Yeah. Really? Revenge of the Nerds. It can har- they can they can harass. <laughs> was that the suburbs tour where he was doing piano? It was dope. He had that. Yeah, he or was playing piano and he was fucking phenomenal. Like I I didn't go in there like necessarily being a Ben Folds fan. Rock in the suburbs. But I was like, yeah, that shit. When he was talking about, um, he he had this song called "You Are Not the Same." After that, about some guy that went up and took acid and the day he graduated, you know, it's kind of like you know, changed and, and gave his life to Jesus and all this stuff. And it was like, he was like, you are not the same after that. And they were jamming. Their band was really jamming. Yeah, he's talented. Yeah. So, but I was like getting killed by his audience. But probably two or three shows, it wasn't as bad. I think that's when the internet had started. So it was like, they started just, there was already shit in the internet. And I, I didn't even know about the internet. Or wow. I get there and, and it was like, it was pretty bad. I remember the lady from Showbox, Holly. She she worked there, and I got fucking reamed that night. And <laughs> what do you mean? Just I mean, pretty much just abused oh, on stage. Did she ream you or no? No, she came back and she was like, "Oh man, those guys don't listen to them." And then it was great because like two years later, I had like three sold three nights out at the showbox. Nice. I was headlining. That's so. that's Fuck revenge. <laughs> that's revenge of the nerds for the revenge of the nerds. Right. She'll tell she'll tell that story. She loves that story. I love it too. Oh, she's like, you remember? You remember? How many shows total was that tour? You remember? I think it was <clears throat> maybe twenty. And how did you like? Were you going like, holy shit? Can I keep doing this? Or how did you? How did you keep the focus? How did you keep together through that? Because that's like facing 20 of those. I was just like so fucking, I was just like whatever, you know, I just had to do it. I had to take my licks on that one, man. Right. Like it was, it was, it was pretty, it, it, yeah, it was like, I think one show at the Fox in LA, it was like people were listening. It was good. Right. Um. But for the most part, it was like it was torture it's good for people to hear that though yeah. you know because of where you are yeah now. like and i've been i've been fucking you know like open mics and shit like that i've had shall i not be cursing, I'm cursing. i curse I'm sometimes cursing up too yeah. much. i'm sorry you guys no. we excuse us our language cursing is the least of right. our problems yeah. so so yeah it was um i don't know what i was saying but uh, open mics. open mics i'd had experiences like that you know but not when it was like a whole crowd of people. Mm. So it was um, <laughs> my friend Chris who was with me driving the van on that tour. He was like, it's just like, man, it's like almost like when you step up on stage, they're just <laughs> appalled by you. <laughs> Triggers. <laughs> they were You were triggering them. So you uh, used to be a pretty heavy uh, weed smoker. But then you got allergic yeah. to it or something. Yeah, yeah. I was didn't realize I was super allergic to it, so went away where I couldn't smoke one couple of weeks and 
wasn't sneezing and all this other stuff. And I'll, I'll puff a little bit now, sprinkle a little bit here and there, but mm. not, not. I just recently knocked it on the head again. Right. I love it. I love the clarity I feel as soon as I knock it on the head again. Yeah. I'm like, I'm glad. I love weed. The weed is like, it is like sort of like, uh, like if you, especially for songwriting, sometimes like right. a whole song will just land. If you haven't smoked in a long time and then you smoke, smoke a little something and yeah. all of a sudden it lands, yeah. you know, yeah. for that, it's great. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe for watching a movie or something, it's great yeah. for a lot of things. It's great, but it's also great to not smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Like the clarity is like amazing. I didn't realize how much I, I, I like stopped for a while and I had a hit of somebody's vape pen. Mm hmm. Man, I'm fucking high. Like I don't really remember being high. Like having anxiety yeah. a little bit. Like scared to like, you know, talk kind of thing. It yeah. was just, but um, you know, I, I started smoking a little bit. Um, but but I stopped drinking like six months ago, which is a big one for me. Nice. So that was like, congrats. Yeah, that was a that was one that kind of got you know because I had like the stage fright thinking happening and yeah. then, like being a party every night you know right because life on the road can be a party. actually i smoked weed right before i opened up for you that's what yeah, happened right i was paranoid all of a sudden you got anxious i got the fear yeah <laughs> it happens you like, shouldn't do that I when you're opening smoked, yeah you could do that when you're the headliner you can smoke weed when you're the headliner <laughs> you can't when you're the opener <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i think i think it's it's one of those things that catches you yeah but yeah, that that kind of gets like when I say party on the road, just like that it is set in a in a club usually where you're playing and there's a lot of alcohol. So I think yeah. a lot of people get into like if you got stage fright, you have a couple or afterwards. And then I realized like after a show, the adrenaline is so heavy. And it's I was heavy. Reading about this shit on like there's an article in the Guardian or some shit, and it was talking about that actually. Um, there's something that happens to your with the adrenaline and uh, the chemicals that go through that when you perform mm. and so i was i was i did one of these live streams and i was just kind of feeling like you know i hadn't been drinking it was one of the first ones that i didn't have a drink afterwards or something because mm. uh, that's when i would normally get going with that and then i was like oh shit this is that's what was kind of calling me right there to kind of like cool that down. Right. And then realizing that I just had to go with that energy, you know, feel that. What'd you do with it? I kind of meditated on it. Okay. Yeah. It was like I had to, it was driving back in the car and just kind of went into to like a stillness, like just feeling it, mm. you know, being aware of it and like, oh, that's what that is. Right. It was a weird thing. It's nice when you can like, like, empower yourself to not go for those typical crutches and watch yourself sort of override it's a it's an ecstatic feeling when you when you like lay bad habits to the side and, and overcome them that that is an incredible feeling yeah it really is yeah <laughs> i love it it's a, you know shit fasting for days on well it's yeah crazy. that's part of it too yeah. like thinking it's of like that. discipline it's, it's like, like some wild discipline yeah. So many people are like, you're not eating anything? You can't eat anything? Right. And it's just like, Ugh. Yeah. Well, when you research the benefits of it, it's just like this 
It's, it is. The way I look at it is like, okay, so I'm not eating for these three days, but I'm probably giving myself six more months of life at least by doing this. Yeah. So how many meals do I get to eat in six months? Yeah. A lot. Right. So think, of, you know, that's the way I look at it. It's almost like if you're going to fast, those days are, are erased. Yeah. They're free days because right. you're definitely giving your body more life. There's no way you're not. Yeah. Have you ever gone down the rabbit hole of that one, too? It's like, you know, we're talking about conspiracy theories and everything. It's like anything with health. It's like, what's the diet? What do you what do you do? Oh, some people think this is the right diet. Mm. That's the right diet. People will say you should never fast for more than so-and-so. Mm. You know, it's just endless. You don't have everyone's got an opinion on it. I think I it's really what your fucking body tells you to do. It's the good thing about it, it, him, he's tried he's Every now and then he just goes on a all meat, all this, no this, all veggie. Yeah, uh, I tried a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I I think it's I I don't know man I I was actually listening to somebody last night was talking about um I forget his name but he was kind of a fasting person but more like he was talking about don't overdo it with the fasting and um how a vegan diet is really like vegan plus like pescatarian diet is really right. good up until you're like 60 and then introduce meat like when you get older right like and like it's, he's a longevity expert and he was talking about like even like 80 year olds eating like some 80 year old or some like 100 and something year olds were eating raw some raw meat all kinds of wild stuff but like the keto thing kicks in later the on. keto thing or protein versus carbohydrates and all that stuff but it's like i don't know I, I I've tried the carnivore diet and that was like yeah I, I was watching when you were doing that yeah. I got clear it yeah was, there was definitely clarity involved right. I trimmed right more than I usually yeah. am yeah it was like is there any more to trim over there poppy yeah not right now because I've just <laughs> done a three-day fast but like there was you know so that was pretty good yeah do you ever fuck around with, you do a cooking show yeah, <laughs> chilling really, with yeah. coke. Chilling not with really coke. a cooking show. It's just supporting like supporting local businesses. I, yeah, I do that cooling with coke thing where I just go to place businesses that are in the town that they're like mom and pop places and just kind of just giving them a big up. You know, it's just something to do out there. It gives me a chance to be kind of show something different. The touring life, the travel. So it's like the poor man's Anthony Bourdain. It's awesome, <laughs> but it's also you know. But you cook though too. I've seen. Stuff I've done in the some kitchen, mo like where I, I started doing this moqueca, this Brazilian moqueca, uh -huh, what's that? which is like a fish stew, nice. which is amazing. That when I was in so Brazil, so good to me right now, dude. When I was in Brazil. <laughs> so you gotta have it. I'll um, give you the recipe. Okay. It's. Did I you do tour it. South America? I did Brazil like seven shows before this whole wow. COVID thing happened. Yeah, that's where you're heading right after Philly. Yeah. Really? How right are the crowds there, there was for you? Different they were than good. The they were good. It was like some of them were multiple band shows, so it was like, but there was like more people that you thought like you know, oh shit, you know the lyrics. There's some people out there that know mm -hmm. the music, so it it was cool. Um, and then I was yeah, I was getting in on that moqueca. Mm. And I was like, I gotta figure out how to make this thing. And you got the recipe. I got a recipe. Mine's kind of like not authentic moqueca because I'm using vegetable stock instead of fish stock. Mm. And why? I don't know. I thought the fish was gonna be fishy enough. Okay. So, 
Um, that makes sense. Enough fish. And I don't have a problem with it, with, but it was, I don't know. I just tried that and put some coconut in it. Kind of just did my thing. I got this fast, slow cooker. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just looked up a, a recipe a and fast kind of, slow cooker. Yeah, whatever those things are. Called. Like crock pot. Yeah, crock pot. but a fast version. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, and now you're staying over at the Bowery? I'm staying over there. Are you, like, touring or something? Like, No, I was, I was just. I had a show in the Hamptons and it got canceled. Oh. The governor canceled. Like, the day. A show came out, and then a day later, he's like, "No ticketed show." So we thought we were gonna be able to like slide under the radar. radar, but then from then until the time, you know, when I was doing these Massachusetts show, they're like, "Man, they're gonna take people's liquor licenses. You can't do it." That's yeah. wild, isn't it? Because it's like that part makes you go into the David Ike thing a little bit. Yeah. Because there's why why put those kind of stipulations on it? You can't have. I was talking to uh, Michael from City Winery. Yeah, you, know? you were gonna yeah. do a couple shows there too. Yeah. that got canceled. Yeah, and they and same thing. It's like you know, not allowed to sell tickets to see live music at all. It's, yeah, it's, it's just weird. It's it, weird. It, it doesn't make sense. And it it, it it it. It's any event, not just live. It's also sports or anything that has to do with ticketed events. I think they have t- sports. Some sports are doing ticketed events. Yeah, I think not so. in the state of New York. Oh, really? Yeah, that's just it's just wild. I mean, I think that the fact is, is you know, one thing I did learn back to what you were saying is I think the people really do want to see some music. I think that they need it. You know, it really is kind of something that you know a lot of people, I, you know just it's something they need so it's like that's what we do is you know it does seem to be like the soul of humanity is under attack you know either either consciously or completely either yeah did you watch this uh social dilemma bro this fucking crazy uh-oh this crazy dude I was watching it right when uh, I was just texting you. I paused it to come do this. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's so funny. I got about like 20 minutes into it because everybody's been talking about it. Yeah, I watched it. I'm about to finish it after this. It's crazy. Made my daughter watch it. Yeah. Yeah, What'd you think? How old is she? She's nine. So it... It's you bad see for people with kids. You man. see the thing with the kids, man. I mean, the children. Like you, you try to keep. I try to keep all that shit away from them, and then it's just like, okay, well, it's impossible. Now they're on computers to do friggin' school, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Which but, also seems conspiratorial. Yeah, like, all this is like designed to like make us stare into screens more and more and more. And there's all this AI they're supposedly developing and utilizing more information that yeah. they need. Yeah, I mean, and it's all about engagement and it's showing how, like, when people are arguing, they like that arguing because it brings more engagement. Mm-hmm. So the engagement kind of, like, I guess makes it seem like it's worthwhile, I guess, when people are applying and arguing over politics and all this crap, you know? It's just like... Yeah. But there's been a couple movies about that kind of stuff. I think the... What was the other one that they did? It had Social to do with Network? know about about it was it was kind of like about the voting about what was going on with brexit and then the u.s and um also they were kind of influencing all these other different countries 
what the what the uh what the bleep no no it was it had something to do hack or something <laughs> i never heard of it somehow to hack one it was so i was kind of a, a little bit prepared for that one and um but there's 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 been some i haven't really heard that much like sensible stuff i heard this one guy this guy that used to work at facebook his name is chameth uh priatra something like that He's uh, from um, from from India originally, or or mm-hmm. was born there, but moved, or from Shangri La, and then moved to like uh, Canada, and ended up becoming a tech guy, and then has his own thing. But he he was saying he just thought that the government should just see everyone's W nines or whatever they pay taxes on and pay it. Because he felt like people in their ha- money in their hands would be better than paying out like the major corporations, which were he calls them um, like dummy companies or, or or that were propping them up, you know the all these companies and like you would let American Airlines fan, you know, go down and he was like absolutely, you know. So I think I think there's just some. Because we always do this thing where we say, "Oh, what about the employees?" But the employees aren't really. They always they always want to put a soft spot for people like the employees. But he was he was breaking it down like if a company goes bankrupt, then it's just restructured and sold, and the company, the employees actually end up owning more of the company than they would in the situation. So I mean, they kind of threw him off real quick. But so what's this guy's <laughs> name again? Chamath. Uh, Hard to pronounce. Got to look Can it up. Can you look it up? Yeah, he's he's got a company called Social Capital. I like all this stuff. Like save local music venues, like the small music venues. Right. You know, like the Troubadour apparently is like under yeah. duress, and all of them are under duress. Obviously, you know, um, Bowery Electric Chama and all that. Fali Hapitia. So look up that guy. But Check so, him out. He's Sri Lankan-born Canadian-American venture capitalist and the founder of CEO of Social Capital. Word. So, but like Not I'm Shangri-La, just, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Did I say Shangri-La? No, I oh. said it like an idiot. <laughs> so, but I just think it might end up being a question of rebelling. I like, and I, it's weird because everything's so political, but. I'm just wondering, like, because I think, like, if they try to lock everybody down again, say, or do something like that, right, right, like they will just crush, you know, live music venues. That'll be that'll be a wrap on that for yeah for for the you know for a while, <clears throat> and a wrap on live music to a degree. I think it's a huge yeah, it's a huge bad thing because the live music venues are gonna have to be sold to Live Nation or whoever uh maybe some independent promoters will come out of it and start doing their own thing Mm -hmm. uh but but really there's no i mean this is like going to be two years who's going to survive like two years right you know you might have a couple like pop-up things but but it's it's but that that goes back to the to the ecosystem that we haven't been supporting each other you know and it's like i think the artist there still isn't a save the artist kind of thing right you know so it's like it's 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 kind of 
and no offense to say the stages, but there's like a lot of people that when you come in and do a show, people go out to eat, they get babysitters, they, you know, it's just like with Broadway, there's all this stuff around it that people spend money on. So exactly. that's that's why I'm like, how the fuck is this going to last? Like, bro, no Broadway? Yeah. You know, look, how many people fly into New York for that specific oh, reason? Oh, yeah, the money go that out New York doesn't have anymore hotel, of that. You know, and it's, then, crazy. and it's just us playing shows. Like, some people fly to a show or drive six yeah. hours to go see a show. So it's like the the kind of compounded, you know, effect of, of what people kind of do to go see around that show is really important. And those venues have given people an opportunity to perform and people to go see safely. And Wait staff, all the people that work at the venues, yeah. shout out to them, you know. The best, and It's like, yeah. you know, the thing is we're going to lose a lot of those people because they can't not. They can't, they're probably, you know, skilled at something else. And they did this because they love the shit. Mm. You know, it's not, nobody's getting in this. So to be like, oh, okay, you know, we're going for IPOs. You know, right. it's like, it's it. people that do play music or or in a crew or part of a club. They love, they, they do that shit because they love it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that people will ultimately rebel or do you think people will just let it die what do you mean people just a community of people that say fuck it we're gonna start doing shows anyway or do you think or is that just impossible because liquor licenses are, people are doing it I mean, people are doing house concerts also like comedians are doing pop-ups in central park there's like people find a way yeah i think pop-ups will happen um i think that that's probably the next wave mm -hmm. just popping up somewhere and doing it um, there's no other choice but then there's no there's no way to monetize it so then you're yeah. like running around trying to like um you know get put the hat out there yeah and soon it's yeah. gonna be cold out so that's really not gonna be an option yeah so i mean you have you have that i i you know i i would just hope that the at some point the artists kind of get together and figure figure the thing out and kind of realize our our potential start a union and we need to start a union yeah 100 songwriter union a long time ago a long time ago man because it was like all that shit is like even with them selling the 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 stuff to to the different isps you know kind of devalued the longevity or the, the the music in a lot of ways so all that you know, we we didn't really sign up for that when we signed this record company deals. You know all that, and all the all your music kind of gets put out somewhere like that, and then and then so it it becomes you know we're now I guess now it's like everything for the last year or two years like everybody talks about Spotify Spotify like. Oh yeah, we you know anybody you talk yeah we got people who can get you on a Spotify playlist. Playlist, that's it's the like, new MTV. Fuck you guys, it's like, give me my it, money. It's like it's like it's like playlists, and then there's like these people that are like the gatekeepers of the playlists. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you have the the, the you know, and they're based on nothing. But yeah, it's like okay, and then and then you you know, but they're they're the big. They're the chief, and that shit is not going away. Mm. Like it's not going away because they have the majority of it. 
And, and they just got Joe Rogan. They and just got Joe see Rogan. See the controversy around that already? Uh-uh. Oh, man. They spent well, a lot of money on him. I he know. had to apologize for something he said on a podcast. He's never really done that before. What did he it's, say? It's a contra- I don't want to go all into it. I don't know. I don't know the details. Oh, okay. I'll look and it and it's, such a, it's such a viral story. It's like on YouTube and everything. It was something about the Portland something. I don't know. I don't know the details of what did he said. Did Spotify but it, make him apologize? Apparently, that's oh, the vibe. Okay. And now there's like Spotify employees are wanting to like do a walkout if they can't edit his or censor his shows, this, that, the other. That's the rumor going around. Uh, he'll so, address it, I'm sure. So, yeah, maybe. But um, So they're the new major label. Yeah. And, and radio, radio stations combined. So, I mean, I'd like... I think they've they've figured a way to kind of like corner the market, so that's that's, and I don't think there's any other way. I mean, I I just don't. Well, we should start a union. Yeah, I'll 100%. start it with you. We could, me and you can start. Man- we could start I'll manage it. it. Yeah, we could go on strike. Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> some, <laughs> that's some, what I'm some, saying. Some some way to strike, some way to unionize though, dude. If the big bands take a stand and don't go back on touring with live nation it can happen you guys everyone could like just stand up for it's for a change That's i think what I, was I think but before. i think i think the the real the answer to that is that people over the years are not they don't get together with artists because i think they don't see the value in it and they're like all right i'm good i got my amphitheater thing right. every year i gotta pay this you know, for whatever their bills are, mm-hmm. they ain't thinking about that shit. Like, just like it's true because artists want to create art. Yeah. Like we, like we're not ready to get all like into nonsense. We right. just want to like, like court the muse, so to speak. You know. But I think there is a problem with that because, you know, historically and everything, and like, from athletics to publishing books to f- writing screenplays, there were people that actually, kind of paved the way to make that a valuable entity and and musicians never did it Mm. like artists never did it like you know there's a screenwriters guild there's a there's there's this kind of like where there's a musicians union it's like but they don't let you put yourself as a musician to get paid on your own record even though it says on your contract that you have to pay the union fees so um so it's like you don't have there's no you know they say that's your manager your manager is supposed to be you know who or your lawyer is supposed to be that but that's that's not really the case i think that that there's been i think for the most part you know artists just haven't really gotten together and when you get to that level you don't you don't need to you're anymore. in the system you're like all right i'm good i don't care if they're taking the music from from this or that i got my show with the have you talked to anybody about this no i mean i've you know, just getting people to do shit like not let fucking places take your merch is hard enough. They're like, how do you do that? Like, I don't let them take my fucking merch. Money. You won't let them. That's take how a I cut. do it. Yeah. You know, and it's like that shit is ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I stopped doing it like I busted my head one time in the shower. And I like gotta had a concussion, like stitches and shit, and and uh, it was I, I had like ten shows, and I was just like, you know what? This was before I knew that shit about concussions and all that shit, or I wouldn't have done. 
I just I was like, man, I'm gonna fucking cancel this tour because I was walking around in a haze. Mm. I was like, I ain't fucking giving them merch ever again. And then you know, cut the deal with with those promoters. So and, getting hit on the head made you have that thought? No, I was just like, why the fuck am I doing that? Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here and 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 you're you're taking a, you know, it was just a small thing, but it was just like, well, really? Yeah. I could have, you know. And up, I, but, but did you get some resistance from people? You must hell have done. Hell yeah. And I mean, they just like, well, they always, like, even the agents, well, you know, all our, all our artists have merch, get their merch. It's like, why does a merch, come, why do they deserve 20% or whatever the, you know, I mean, some union halls are hard, but why, why, would, why would they deserve 20% of some shit you designed, that you bought, that you loaded, that you pay to sell it to sell, mm-hmm. and then they want twenty percent of the the gross of that because they're providing. I mean, just devil's advocate because they're, they're providing they're providing the, the store. Yeah. yeah, basically, exactly. Yeah, but they're not providing. You know, they're not they're not making the merch. They don't lose off of it. So it's just right, like, and they're getting from the concert. so really twenty percent of a gross might be. It's just the way fifty percent or sixty percent. Even of, at venues, the whoever sells the merch also takes a cut, and that should be yeah. provided by the venue, just like whoever is selling tickets at the box office. Yeah, I'm just not down with it. I just, so, I'm so just, you've been victorious in that? Like, you like what are they? I mean, there's some venues that, that held out, but for the most part, you know, they, some venues wouldn't let because you because my fans or? drink a lot. You know, I, yeah. I've said that a lot of time. I'm not going to go there if I have to. I just did that on this last one. Okay. I'm not gonna go there. I won't do the deal. It's just, it's not. It's just to me. It's just like you're sticking it harder already. Taking like with the service fees that you, your fans have to pay for. Yeah. But everything else, it's like you know, and 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 you know, these service fees are ridiculous. And the promoter gets a piece, and the club gets a piece. Yeah. One of the things I was envious of when I opened up for you was your merch scene, dude. It was off the chain. That's why I was like, I even talked to you backstage. I was like, man, your merch scene is insane. That's why I said, who's your manager? And you were like, I'm doing it. I was like, damn. Yeah. Good, good business head on you. I don't think so. I think you do. (laughs) I made a lot of bad business decisions. But I'm just saying, like, I think you should, I think you should pursue this is like it feels inspired or feels yeah. like to sort of divinely given to you this sort of like because i've never even thought about this shit right but i mean he, listening to you talk about it yeah i'm in i would right. like i would support it because yeah. it does make sense we should we should come together it, yeah it makes total sense i think everyone should get together on the same page because it's just not i mean it's just really but i think a lot of times that because we're not we're not encouraged to kind of we're kind of more like competition than like we're well, all artists. Yeah, Even that's the way we, they pit us against. If we sit down, we're all like, oh, that dude's cool. And yeah. like, I thought he was an asshole because I don't like his fucking song. You know, it's <laughs> right. just like, but he, like he's mad cool. He's like listening to the same shit. Like yeah. there's there's a common ground and it's like, right. you know, like, you know. And and I think that. There's always camaraderie between artists. And then on the other hand, what you're saying, there's yeah. really not. No, I mean there is, but then it's like the the system is like, all right, shut up and get that check right now because you got a number one hit record. Nobody's jumping mm-hmm. up, 
jumping off of the system when they got that. Well, it's all about dividing and conquering. It's like with division of like, you know, that's that you become conquerable, which is like you could talk about that going on greater in in the whole world right now, but yeah. but yeah, like if we come together, that is a huge force and a huge power. Yeah, it's an amazing power. I think, you know, because music is so powerful and has so much, you know, to give to humanity mm. that it's just like I don't know, the older I get and I just see it doesn't end well for a lot of artists, you know, right. I guess it's like, wow, man, this is like really like a lot of your, you know, let alone peers or or people that you looked up to musically, like it just doesn't, I mean, frick, Michael Jackson and Prince, you know, yeah, it's just even like for them. doesn't even end well for them. And it's right. like, I guess, you know, you know, die young and you know die with a that debbie harry good looking quote. yeah the, like you know there's some truth to that um but i think that that we haven't allowed ourselves to to kind of connect on any level beside like all right um because 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 of that system that the management works with the promoters and the record companies mm -hmm. and then they have their one or two artists that, that that's really doing well for them and i think some managers are really good at like including the artists in that infrastructure or everything but i've heard too many like oh man i just don't want to deal with artists like they look at us as fucking crazy as hell right i know and i think that's... i i think for 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 a good reason um a lot of the time yeah so it's like there there is a rat you know like we talked about earlier there's erratic shit that happens with people's lives that it that gets them to do this shit mm -hmm. in the first place so yeah. it's like it's like you're not you know you're building the house on some on some shifty ground already right yeah and it's and, and you're building it with materials that are constantly changing mm -hmm. and so yeah it is it is one of those things where you know and you have those mental issues anyway and then plus if you've like if you have gotten success and everything that does wild things to your ego and, yeah. your, and your spirit it takes you to a whole different place yeah i always had empathy for people like even you know people that have had that much crazy you know like notoriety like what really happens to you right you know that doesn't end well a lot of times i know it's true i, I kind of am yeah, I, I would definitely like to, you know, cultivate more more success and have more financial ease. Right, right. But I do dig being, you know, being able to move how I move. Right, right. You know what I mean? Well, there's there's that point for, for growth. You can't really have too much growth on the other side, the personal growth, spiritual yeah. thing. It's kind of like, all right, if that's what, that's become your life and- you know, feeding that is is what it is, and yeah. it's become about. So it's like, it's it's, it, it, and it affects it. It affects everything. You just see people. It it it. Sometimes it really destroys people. So how would we go about doing this? Doing a getting doing unionizing and and taking care of our people. Start the revolution. How how do we start this revolution? Um, we talk about it on a podcast. That's step number one. <laughs> Check. See, we're already knocking off. Get two. We got to recruit. At least two people. We got to become recruiters. 
I think I think finding what 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 you really want. Write it down. And then finding people that could implement that, a group of people that could help implement and help that as far as like, you know, people that know the law and all that. I'm sure there's a bunch of lawyers out there that want to help artists. We have to write a mission statement because yeah. first there was the word. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Explain it. Yeah. You know? And, and, and it's, I mean, just, just for the well-being of a lot of people that, because like, there's no reason why certain people should be just pushed aside in I this agree. thing. And, and well, there is like music cares. Music cares is good, but you know, I think actually they're amazing. I, I, I really think that that kind of has a really good effect on people. I wonder if I could call up Music Cares and be like, hey, yo, can I get 50K real quick? <laughs> I don't think they would give you 50. <laughs> they gave us those free uh, ear uh, earplugs at uh, uh, See Here Now. You're right. They actually helped somebody in my in my crew. Oh, they did? was sick. And you know, I know. It's for health benefits for artists, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they, they do. They do. But it's just weird that that's not already in place, that they had to put that in place already, you know, that there's a bunch of people that played yeah. on some classic records that are freaking broke right now, yeah. you know, or made, you know, did did some different, you know, there's no way, like that Levon Helm, you know, that situation where he kind of stopped getting his royalty checks. It was, it was freaking sad. I didn't hear about that. Well, he just kind of always relied on, you know, royalties. And then when all this stuff dried up, you know, he just, you know, he was sick. Oh. And then he wasn't getting his royalties anymore, so he couldn't couldn't go out and play. Right. You know. And did they take care of him? or? I'm sure certain people did, but it just, you know, it just, I, I just don't think there should be a situation where you have to look like, for yeah. people to... To be Ask taken for handouts and stuff like and that. I, yeah, I especially think, when you're Levon Helm. Yeah, especially when you're anybody. Right. But when somebody like Levon Helm, who, you know, influenced a generation. Right. I mean, like, yeah. it doesn't get better than that guy. Exactly. On any level. Right. So yeah, you're right. And uh, so I mean, I don't know personally that he was like destitute. I don't, I'm not saying he was. Mm. You know, all respect to his daughter and everything, but much love. But I, I, I just, don't, I, I just don't. Um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't want like there to be a situation where where an artist that is is that significant in in shaping so many different things that, that they're even thinking about that. Well, the potential for devastation amongst many artists lives looms so large right now. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. And so yeah, it's one of those things where it's like uh um yeah, I think we have to do something. Yeah, I mean, a lot, you know, I think for that goes back to the thing that we never really got put anything out there like the athletes did, you know, the actors did, you know, the screenwriters, screenwriters did. Yeah. And it's like Directors, there's never there's never actors. Yeah, there's never been any there's like who do you call when 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 something like this just comes up and and people decide to do deals like yeah. it was like it, it was you know the labels own a huge piece or a substantial piece of spotify in coordination of giving them the music now you know sony sent me something for like 
that. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> it's like, you know, and then you look at the publishing side of it that Spotify sent, and it's a lot more, and the majority of it is the master side. So, mm-hmm. so like, the master side would take mo- majority of the money. So, it's like, they didn't even report it. So, it, I think that's the next fight that's going to happen. It's going to be like, all right, all these artists are going to be like, where's the money you got for the master side of of the Spotify deal? Mm. So, Spotify paid it. Yeah, I think you I think you nailed it, man. I think we gotta unionize. Yeah, well <laughs> Honestly. That'll happen. It's a, it's a great idea. I mean I just I, you know, I would love to think that cats would want to come together, but I think there's so many I think artists really gotta get in a room without any managers, without any labels and talk about it. There's strength in numbers, though. Like, and, and, I mean, it's power. great to ha- it's great to have the managers and everything. But I think what I'm saying is, managers. The reason this shit has gone down is managers don't want to put pick a fight with, with, with this. Why not? What? I I don't know if that's true anymore because I don't like my manager doesn't. I mean, there's no more manager. Like, well, <laughs> right. th- there are managers, but like and the big I, managers. If you go to like Irving Azov and say, hey. If if you're directed by or you're his manager, is you know I mean, in as much as he's been against Spotify or whatever, whatever against means because somebody's gonna be that dude. It's like it's just like so it's prob it's Spotify, so you can't really. But but the fact that that, and I don't think Spotify is the bad guy in this. I just say that that basically they got sold our rights and they didn't necessarily our right we didn't necessarily give those rights to sell in my opinion mm. um you know because i didn't that's interesting i didn't get like a singles deal like even same with apple i it didn't just happen you know, you know what happens it's because artists are always coming from this place it's like re- really the house is built in the same way like this this we're always seeking to get some kind of like attention for our work right so anytime like a, like oh yeah spotify is playing your shit or whatever We're it's happy. like okay good you yeah. know thank god it's like coming from this no. it is coming from a real weak stance no we're insecure so coming they from know insecurity that. and they, they do know, know that they know that they know that coming with any of this like so any new artists are like all right he can make his money this way but you know to really make a living they'll have to you know, eventually get to Revlon or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's going to be their thing. They're not worried. And a lot of thing is fame is, is intoxicating. Right. So anything that's intoxicating is addictive. Yeah. So it's a situation where that is coming from a completely um, insecure place where, so where, true. where we, we, we kind of like, all right, we don't have the leverage because it's like, you know, for whatever reason, you know, or like we feel like, okay, that we weren't, we didn't get acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. We weren't seen. We weren't heard. And now we got an opportunity to get seen and get heard. But then to do that, you you have to like you have to really take some shots. That's it's true. Like being a boxer now is the perfect time. And Nothing get, else it, is going on. It gets blurrier too because then now we're living in a world where everybody's an artist. You know, so many people are making shit. It's like then what qualifies you as an artist? You know, I don't know. 
I mean, just like the SAG card, you need certain. You need to put out an album. You need to right. have a single on the radio. There should be some requirement to, to get you into the union. I hope I qualify for the union. I'm about <laughs> yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars. You're like, well, <laughs> me and you both. Listen, for, 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 for a SAG card, you need to have a line That's in a movie. That's fucking funny. You need, you need to have we one like, talking line. We like, we start the union, and then we're not allowed in. Oh, my God, imagine. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, you don't quite qualify. You almost did. You almost did. You should, you should have come to the meeting where we made the rules. <laughs> Cope and Joe, Cope and Joe started this union. <laughs> and everybody got paid oh, except fuck. them. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? Man. Like good guy, good work, guys. We couldn't have done it without, without you. you. So, are you thinking of side hustles now, like in terms of like uh, making a living, or is your mind going in that direction, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about just maybe not side hustle. I think more like. Maybe things creatively that I wanted to do in the past that I haven't done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's something that might come just just out of sheer need to do something creative. Mm. Because when this shit is cut off, it's like, all right, I can't go out on stage anymore. I used to be a huge part of my life. Yeah, and 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 all that other stuff. So it's like, all right, well, maybe I'll try to write it. You know, screenplay that never gets picked up, mm. or one that gets don't manifest that a screenplay or, that goes huge. Yeah, or well, that's union. what I was about to say, or one that goes number one. Yeah, <laughs> so it's exactly. like it's like that's more likely. Yeah, so it's it, but I'm just saying screenplay for whatever it is. But I, I, I think just I I think creative outlet, be able to do something cool, and I think that 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 that's kind of where that is, um, and having the ability to do it. Just something that I wanted to do now that I have more time is just kind of making your time yeah. count. So you're having a, are you having a hard time focusing or are you finding it easy to focus? I'm not. I, I didn't. I didn't. Haven't had my like. Oh, here's here's the song about the what what I'm dealing with moment. You know, I I think that, or just like the song for the times kind of thing. I I I think that you know people are really struggling right now so it's like this is a a, you know there's a lot of uncertainty out there i think we just got caught up in and kind of fake shit i'm just kind of like thinking about like what the fuck is 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 really important so uh, and what do you think that is i think collective you know collectively a group of people, you know, finding the reason why this happened, finding some reasoning behind it, like why it happened, what's going on, and 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 trying to make that the best. Because I think there's like, it, it's just there's so many things in the last couple years that seem alien to me. You know, I would go to these cities and be like, all this stuff is growing, and I'm like, well, who the fuck? You know, oh, this place is just like Nashville. Oh, it's you know, it's playing gangbusters here. And you ask the the Uber driver, well, how is? Oh man, everything's really growing. You should have seen it. Da da da. Well, 
are you making more money? And he's like, nah, man, I had to move out of town. You know, I just, so it, it, is it really touching, is development really touching people on a, on, on a personal level? Mm. And then, and then you see, you know, the technology, is that really helping anyone? Like what is, what is it, you know, is, is, is the medical, have we gotten any, any, any cures for any disease? Like all the main things that make this country run, like the dirty little secrets, like what is, you know, I was like, where is this going? And it stopped. Mm. It's like, and I was just confused by, it. I was like, how did, how does all this happen? Like, where's all this money coming from to build all these cities? Like who's, getting the jobs and it's like you know tech companies that necessarily hundreds of them and there's one that you actually kind of heard of but thousands of them that got started and were invested in by all these different groups and you know you go into a new tech company and they got a chef and a you know a kitchen and they're like some company that just started to 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 put music out kind of thing it's like they got they're living large larger than the record companies <laughs> it strikes me like there's a spirit war going on. Well, it's definitely a spiritual war. Yeah. There's definitely a spiritual war. And it's uh and it's and I think it's people have been lulled into um they've been lulled into kind of going along with it. They've just been if it's I don't know if it's brainwash or whatever some people see it and some people just don't no they don't get it they just don't see it and then they think the people that see it are fucking bonkers <laughs> <laughs> well that's the way it is and right? that's just the way that yeah. the cookie crumbles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's always a genius you're, you're genius or you're crazy yeah you know, it's like it's it's half of that side and you know ignorance is bliss sometimes so yeah it's, ain't that right well dude this has been powerful to me <laughs> yeah me too man i fucking love you and yeah. i'm so happy that you did this thank I, you you're one of my favorite artists thank you man. you're a contemporary too so you yeah. know that's hard for me to say yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes a little something a little something extra than if you were like bob dylan or some shit be easier but no for real you are i think thank you're great you, and uh you've always been like meant so much because of how much talent you have that you would always be so so like up up and up about you know giving me love and oh like, man it's always been fun it's easy to do to yeah so anyway thanks for coming that was Thank that you, was yeah. fascinating i'm gonna be thinking about this and and i definitely think this union idea is <laughs> i think it i think we stumbled upon something well you already had it but we got to hear about something that i think could be massive yeah i mean for people what's that unionizing and coming yeah, together and taking I mean, care of our and taking care of each I other i think i think that's yeah i definitely think it is i mean if if the, if the people pulling the strings you know <laughs> they might come after us but we might need rebellion hey we might have let to, them man let gotta, them yeah we got to become we got to become freedom fighters yeah i think there's there's I just think the, the best build it, they will us come. having a voice is important. Yeah. Whether it fixes anything that's going down, but it's like we have to be in that room. That room can't just be the promoters, the managers, and the record companies anymore. 
It's right. got to be. The artists have to be part of that equation. And as, as volatile as some of us can be and all that, you know, that it just has to be what's going on. Mm. And we got to take care of each other. Yeah, we got to take care of each other, man. We got to, you know, figure out a way to start giving, like, you know, I do like a dollar a ticket where I give, you know, to certain charities. I'd rather give that to, a, you know, and I actually do give to Music Cares, but just having something, you know, oh shit, this guy needs, you know, family man <laughs> needs something. Or like, you know, people that, you know, there's just been people out there that are going through it. And, and I definitely am empathetic about what the what the music industry can do to you mentally spiritually and physically you gotta be tough as nails you to gotta like be come hard. through it and yeah. have with any semblance of sanity and your spirit intact yeah it's yeah. true yeah and you just seen too many people go down and it's like yeah. well, there's just gotta be a way to 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 kind of like stop that and i understand like the more i understand you know kind of understand what depression is and all that kind of stuff you see that you know they always say is the artist the person was he predestined to be this way or does the business make him that way mm. and i think it's a little bit of both yeah but i don't know i think it's both yeah but you made so many interesting points man i'm gonna be thinking about this <laughs> I think it's got to be something that's written down. Yeah. It just has to be a mission statement written down and then <clears throat> presented to the world through social media or whatever and see, you know, see who responds. I think the response you would get from this line of thinking would be mind blowing. Yeah. Because my mind is blown by it. Yeah. I mean, I th it's ha it should have happened for a long time ago. I agree. It's like you're operating on your own island against some huge, powerful entity, which is, you know, it's not like it's not really beatable unless you are unless together because we haven't found that we have the power, just like this country. We haven't found that we have together we could really f solve a lot of humanity's problems but we're sitting there bickering over politics we're bickering over sub politics religion mm -hmm. you know economics and we're all in our own inf information echo chamber so right. we're hearing the same things we believe over and over again it's with our crew with, you know and it's like yeah. it, it, it reinforces whatever you believe in yeah. over and over and over again youtube keeps bringing the same type of content up yeah, to you everything that's over in that and over documentary and over you're gonna finish watching oh okay yeah. that's yeah. why that happens oh it's, i see and then and then so then algorithm so then like that's why like people that you love and care about that you normally would get along with have a completely different world view about what's going on and you're like what is going on yeah. how can you not see this right and they right, can't right and you can't see what they're seeing you know yeah i mean we you know there's everybody you know everybody's got somebody that they disagree with in their inner circle that person might have taught them how to you know tie their shoes or took them fishing you know uncle or mm -hmm. you know family member or friend that you still have learned something from because they do think differently than you. Yeah. And I, we, we just not used to having, we we're, we're, we're not allowing people to have different feelings and different opinions. You, we're in that bubble, like you're talking about where it just keeps on getting regurgitated. And then, and then the, 
you know, the polit political you against you against you. And then yeah. it's like at the end of the day, like nobody wants, to, why don't we get together and figure out some of these friggin' diseases like <clears throat> Alzheimer's or whatever, you know, like whatever, just one of them. But how, you know what helps with Alzheimer's? Fasting. Fasting. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot, circle. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of that, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of gets, you know, a lot of that gets swept under, under the rug. So there, but we're learning new things that actually will help us. So we just got to, we got to figure that out. And we got to like tone down the, like the vitriol against each other who, or against people who think differently than you do. People can Completely. think, di people can think differently and they're not evil. Yep. You know, people, you know, and, and that's not the case now. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <sighs> there's no nuance anymore. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what is that going to take away from me if I think this way or if I vote for this way mm -hmm. instead of like, all right, what are we going to gain? We just stop being like, we're like, we're operating as a population without any leverage. Like, like we don't have any leverage. We're going to get what they take us. Mm. what they give us and, right and, and we're not gonna try to have you know these school teachers getting paid a lot of money and we're not gonna try to figure out the medical system you know financial shit that's going on we're not even teaching our kids to like learn how to budget you know anything tell me about it they get out there and they weren't doing that back in the day either. Hell no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you don't even know anything about that. You're not taught about basic principles to survive in, 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 in a capitalist society. Right. You're just taught, you know, who, you know, I don't give a fuck about Lewis and Clark. I just want to know, like, you know, no offense, Lewis and Clark. Right. right. But whoever, like, I, I don't need to learn about that. I need to know that. Yeah. You know. How to make a budget. <laughs> or just how to you know what what's really going to affect you yeah or or the people are out there maybe gaslighting you or this that and the other right. thing things that actually matter right right or just even about or how to cook and feed yourself yep simple as that or yeah if nutrition people, we yeah. don't even we don't we're not even taught nutrition's yeah. big yeah yeah if people knew you know how, you know if people understood how powerful they were i think uh, the the world would shift and i think people are waking up i think to so that too. and i think that's why we're seeing the resistance clamping down harder than ever before because people are also simultaneously waking up to their power yeah i think we have so much an enormity of power within us mm -hmm. to really 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 change the world yeah i think we have that we do and um uh, it's an amazing time for that it is yeah so. well if if uh if they weren't afraid of your power they wouldn't try to limit your ability to express yourself right you know and then you know back to that thing of the different opinions and stuff it's like you know there might be somebody that is pro-gun that you might you might be oh i think we need to, we need to take the guns off the street but there's things that you agree with them about well, you don't have to hate somebody because yeah. they have a different exactly. opinion about that because we haven't allowed ourselves to sit in that room or demonize yeah. them because they have a different opinion. yeah we haven't sat in that room with that person we see that person on television and be like oh that person's about you know go to an area that 
has a lot of people to think differently than you and have that conversation with that person. Right. You know, and, and, and kind of, you'll learn something. Yeah. <laughs> Whether true. you agree with them or not, you'll learn something from it. Yeah. It, just everyone, you know, you're like people aren't like two dimensional cartoons. They're right. complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, man. This one's going to give people a lot to think about. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is yeah. probably, yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> We got him in. All right. Yeah. He got me in. Now you'll ne I'll never get a text from you again saying, hey, man, what about. It was so you, random. Why don't you text I was Cope? like, dude, text Cope. He's on the East Coast. Maybe we can he meet did. him. Maybe we That's can meet him in Massachusetts. That's why I texted like, you today. And I was like, dude, he's in the city. I'm like, dude, yeah. text. Let's do it today. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah. So I'm glad, man. I'm glad you did. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm glad I did too, man. Yeah. This was a treat. All right, everyone. All right. Let's Thank wrap you. this one up. Rewind it. Listen to it again. God bless. Thank you. Good night. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.